Have you been looking for your keys to success? You have found the best place to start. We will hear from professionals on different keys to success in building huge careers in and outside the mortgage industry. These conversations that each person will share their experience will allow you to hear nuggets on finding your keys to success. I'm your host, Sue Meitner, so let's get started and grab your keys. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Grab Your Keys. I am very excited to ha- today to have a new friend on. I was introduced to Ian Klein at the Mortgage Collaborative. We were on a panel together and I learned so much from him. And I said, you need to be on my Grab Your Keys podcast. So uh, thank you today for joining us. Thank you, Sue. Uh, yeah, Nashville, that that rings a bell. And, and it was a great time. And likewise, had such admiration and respect for you as well. The more I learned about you, and that was the first time we met. So it was, I know, and it's amazing. It awesome. Yeah, we've been in the mortgage world for a long time. You are a mortgage entrepreneur, for lack of a better description. You do a lot of different things, a lot of marketing stuff. Founder of the Mortgage Marketing Club, Chief Marketing Officer at U.S. Mortgage. And I love you are a little bit like me. I like to have my hands in a couple different things, always moving. And I think that in marketing in the world that we live in today, you have to have your finger on a lot of different things so that you truly understand what originators need to give them nuggets and marketing material. Would you agree with me on that? Yeah, absolutely. And I think what's also important to to know like this industry the mortgage industry it it welcomes and it helps propel the individuals that have that entrepreneurial spirit like great industry to get into right especially you are pretty much the ceo of your mortgage business you are running everything for you with you with your clients with your customers how did you get into this mortgage business yeah, great question because you know the owner of the company that I work for, Stephen A. Milner, always says nobody ever says I want to get into the mortgage industry. It's no. always somebody drags you in, and I I never thought I would want to get into it. And sure enough, I I know the owners, uh, Stephen and his son Scott, for many years. We've been friends since we're about fifteen, and. I had recently sold, I had a startup company that I sold. It was an energy company unrelated to mortgages. And I remember, you know, we started talking after the sale and he just simply said, what are you going to do next? I didn't know. And I, all I did know was I needed to take a six month break. I disappeared for a little bit. When I came back to reality, we connected again and he had shared with me that he just joined his father's company. And he wanted to see if there was a way for me to get involved. And so I got pulled into the mortgage industry by my friend, which I'm sure like 90% of your, your listeners will agree. Uh, absolutely. And you've been with the U.S. Mortgage um, uh, Corp for 11 plus years. So yeah. it's not a little bit of time. And I think that when you do know the family and do know the owners and uh, that relationship connection does work. Does, that friction in good times and in bad times definitely does work. Yeah, super helpful. Um, I think even taking my relationship and my history out of the mix, 
the commonality that you hear from so many people that know them and it's echoed by them that they're just great people. And I thought I was coming aboard for like a one year stint. I signed an employment agreement one year and I was going to help them with their marketing and their technology to put new stuff in place, a website, lead gen stuff. And sure enough, I, it's over 11 years. Right. No, that's the, that's the way, that's the, that's the way beautiful careers are made and beautiful relationships and great companies. I know Steve very well, and I think he's an absolutely great guy. Um, what do you feel your three keys to success are? Yeah. Um, and I'll, I'll name them. And then if you want to go into them, I want to go think, into them. That's why oh, I want, okay. want golden nuggets. So let's name them and then let's go into them. Absolutely. Or we'll do okay. each so one, whatever you want. I got my Sharpie right here. Okay. My, my three and super important to me. Number one is organization. I live and die by my calendar. And I know there's plenty of people that are like that. I'm the type, I don't understand the flip side to that, the people that don't use a calendar, that don't set the appointments. So organization for me, meaning that I'm very structured with my setting my days, my weeks, my months up by the calendar. Uh, number two, um, I like routines. And I know... For me, knowing the day in advance, a week in advance, knowing that on this day and I always do this in the morning, like I love having that structure that I know Monday, I have my Monday morning routine after the weekend. You know, I block out my calendar. I don't allow any appointments from like eight to 10. That's my time to unpack my inbox, go through things and structure for the week. And I have a call with my team every Monday morning. Like I have to have my routines and it's, it's Flexible, like there's times when I'm not on those routines where something happens, but I know I got to come back to my, you know, if it's Monday afternoon and I wasn't able to do my morning routine, I can come back to it and check it off my list. So I, I love to have routines in place. The, the third one, um, I think, you know, super important is adaptability and flexibility that having the ability to say, okay, something came up. That is my Monday morning routine. I need to make this a priority now and being able to accommodate that instead of saying, oh, no, sorry, that's your only time you're available. I can't do it. So, you know, being able to be flexible and have that adaptability to quickly change on the fly, I think are three super important uh, keys to my success. Yeah, I, I love all of those and I agree with you on all of those. So let's just go back for one yes. second or for more than one second for organization. That was the first thing that fell off your off your tongue was organization. Live and die by the calendar. How do you stay organized besides and how do you keep track of what's on your calendar? Do you have an assistant putting stuff on your calendar? Do you keep track of your calendar? Do you have different colors on your calendar? You know how you're handling lots of different things. How are you keeping it all organized? Give us some nuggets. Yeah, absolutely. So um, what's so great about everything now is, you know, you have your phone, you have your iPad, you have your, your laptop, and it's the same calendar on any device. So I could be out, I have my laptop. I don't have my laptop, I have my phone. Any device that I have has that calendar. I'm big on setting the alerts, but by default, I always have two alerts. 
Um, and I will set something up that's an hour in advance and five minutes in advance. I don't want to get the alert at the start of a call right. because if I'm running late, I can have the courtesy to reach out to the other individual and at least say, Hey, I'm sorry. Some, and I could shoot an email while you're on another call or a text and reach out and say something I'm running late. Can we start five minutes late? Does that work for you? And I think you have to take advantage. There's the drop downs. You can add multiple alerts. Yeah, what I do for something that I put in advance, if I know like I'm doing a six month review of somebody on my, my team that's new to the team, I'll set up the alert. I'll add a third alert to it and I'll put it in like two days before. And then it gives me two days to start. Oh, you know what? I need to start getting this in place because I need to go through such and such to get ready for that appointment. Because, um, you know, I, I, I like to be prepared. I don't want to walk into a meeting that's six months later, like, so wait, what were we doing? In the, you know, right. You definitely do like to be prepared because I was on yeah. the panel with you. You were very prepared. Yeah. Um, so you have children. Do you schedule your children into the schedule? Do their activities go on there? How does the dad, great dad that you are keep mm -hmm. manage it all? Yeah. I think I, I, sh I could, like everybody would probably say, I could do always do better, right? You always need to, to make the time. Um, I don't, you know, we have a, we've implemented a new rule, right? The, my, my wife, my better half got real strict with a new rule. Cause I'm a workaholic. I'll sit in my office. You too. I, yeah. You, you'll fall asleep at your desk. Right. And I was that type that I, I love to work. I love to take care of tasks check things off and the new rule was you're stopping at this time and we're coming out we're starting dinner we're having dinner early you know i have two little kids so at least they're able to fall asleep and then i could always come back on the days where i say you know what let me go back in my office and you know i've created my office where it's kind of like an all-in-one place i have a tv over here I, you know i have it's comfortable right it's great right. multitask and still do work so um I think, and that comes back to that organization and the routine. I know every day at this time during the week, I'm stopping and I'm coming out of the cave and coming to say hello. Right. Because um, I think it's difficult now that people are working at home more often, like you're you're working for at home. And I think having those organizational skills while working at home is super important of, of making those time block schedules of coming out for dinner. I had a rule when the kids were growing up because, you know, I have a 20 year old and a 23 year old. So I was completely on the other end of the spectrum. Uh, I had a rule that I didn't have a computer in my house. So I didn't have a laptop. I didn't have a computer because I'm a workaholic. That doesn't yeah. mean I don't have my cell phone. So there was a lot I could do, but a lot I couldn't do at the same time. Uh, and then we had COVID and we had ended up with computers in the house. And so now you can't get them out. I can't get them out of the house, but they're in the attic and I don't like for my house and I don't like to go in the attic. So, um, but okay. Second thing, routine. Well, you touched a little bit about like your routine of coming out of the cave at five or, you know, to get the kids under control, eat as a family, which I think is super important. You know, how, what do you think is the most important structure part of your routine? Yeah. Um, I think maybe the most important 
and it, it might sound a little funny. It's unrelated to work. I'm an early riser, you know, been waking up. I've always been an early bird and I'm the type I like to get to the gym first thing in the morning. So I, I literally, the routine, the morning routine is get, get the kids to the bus stop, get them on the bus and go right to the gym. I like to start the day with that, um, feeling that I've accomplished something. I get my energy from it. Um, I feel good, you know, while I'm at the gym, I'm, I'm either listening to an audible book. I'm listening to a podcast, something usually motivational, work-related, learning new things. And you're accomplishing, I feel like two things at one time, because I'm listening to either a book, something that's helpful, listening to a Ted talk and I'm working out and I'm getting that out of the way where, you know, I know so many people that will say like, I like to go for my lunch break. Then they don't make it on their lunch break because they got so busy on work and they ate at their desk and they didn't go. And, you know, I, I like to be able to say, like, I did this, I did this, I did this. By the time I get into my office, I already have things that are done for the day. And I think it's so important because you, you don't want to transferring it over to work. I don't like having stuff that stays on my calendar that I keep kicking the can or it keeps taking 52 meetings, 52 appointments to get done, sticking to that routine where I will time block and get something done. We're going to do a redesign of the website. We're going to make a new recruiting page. I like to structure it so that I don't just do like 20 minutes today on it, an hour. It's I'm blocking out two hours. We're getting it done and it's going live so that it's right. done. So I think having routines and putting that type of structure in place uh, is super important. I I don't like the to be continued. I hate coming out of a meeting and running out of time. And, you know, before the end of the meeting, we're scheduling part two of the meeting. It's like, oh, my, why couldn't we just nail it out? Why can't yeah. we just get it done? And I always say, why leave for tomorrow what we can get done today? Yeah. I also for for work, the part of my routine that I think is super important, I know like I was talking earlier, Monday morning to me is super important because it sets up the week for what I do. And I know so many loan officers, when I talk to new loan officers at our company, and then I start to unpack what their business model is and what they're doing. And then I find out there, there's no routine in place. And I say, hey, how about every Monday, if you're not going to do anything for the rest of the week that's structured, at least Monday, have this in place. The first thing you do from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. is this punch list. And it's going to set up your week for success because you're going to have this routine of things that you know of what to do for the week. So it's the same for me where Monday morning is super important that I have my go through my inbox from the weekend. I meet with my team, work on the tasks that are open, what we're closing out, what we need to start up, et cetera, so that we then can map out our schedule for the week. Yeah, I love that. And the third one, adaptability, which I think is paramount in this marketplace and in all marketplaces, especially in the mortgage industry. But even for any entrepreneur, adaptability and you said prioritize, acclimate and move. Yeah, I I think it's key for and, and I just these are things that, you know, you just pick up in like reading in different books and you start applying them. I learned early on that you have to be adaptable because things are going to change. You know, you're going to have plans in place. Things are going to come back. Compliance is going to say, Hey, no, you can't do that. Stop what you're doing. And 
you're in the middle of something, you need to get something out. So you have to pause that, pump the brakes and jump back on something. I just think you have to be adaptable. Even like our current market, the rate environment, even though rates came back a little bit now, but so many loan officers needed to adapt their business model. Like I, gee, I can't just focus on refis anymore. I, I got to go back out there and generate realtor relationships. I got to go generate consumer leads for, for home purchases. Yeah, we always said to just have the refinances be gravy and your past clients and the ones that come to you and to always be planting the seeds with your referral partners and your partner and your relationships. Because, you know, the refinances come and go. And I know everyone's like super excited that interest rates are coming down, but it's not even the right time. So I have all these, I see all these posts. I just saw a post. Hey, if your interest rates over six and a half, call me. Don't actually. Don't. It's not the right. It, it, like the, right now is not the perfect time. I right. mean, you need a real a real loan officer to tell you when's the right time. That's what right. a real loan officer does. A real consultant tells you the right time, not oh, I think this is the train and we should jump on it now. Um, right. Which is so important in in adaptability. But I think in your particular field in marketing, I think that's so important is to be adaptable because what posts you do tomorrow that might have ready for tomorrow might be not be the one that can go out tomorrow. Correct. You know, you might have to pull something because the market's changing. And I don't think that everyone realizes how it in marketing, you have to be adaptable to that and know what's going on in the marketplace because the video you, you, you know, record last week because you're doing a content day isn't what can go out. Right. Right. Or there's just so many, you know, you know, working with loan officers, there's so many individual personalities where this loan officer might be focused only on renovation business. This loan officer is on re reverse business. This, And you have to be able to go into these new calls, these new meetings, talk about different business plans, be adaptable to their needs and wants. You know, we have loan officers that don't embrace a digital marketing plan and they want to stick to the traditional methods and I have to be adaptable to that. It's my job to try to convince them, persuade them that there's all these digital tools that you should take advantage of. And here's how we can generate other business. But at the end of the day, I, their business model, they could still say no and say, so, Hey, support me on my mailer, support me on this. And I have to be adaptable to that, that request. You're right. And I've, I, I was dealing with that last week. I was like, God, you're just not going to listen to me. You're going to buck it. And you know what? It's up to you to buck because if you're, you know, not performing to our standards in the next six to 12 months, you won't be here, but it will right. be because you didn't listen to everything. I'll do your mail or I'll do your tools. I'll do all that stuff. But if you can't even put your sphere of influence around, you know, what you're doing and at least let people know that you're an originator where like who or is, who's going to give you business if you're not going to tell your sphere. Right. You know, I think a, a big thing right now, and I'm seeing it with the loan officers that I talk to is they're becoming more, you know, their, their adaptability, they're embracing more. You know, I, I remember like three years ago, so many loan officers not wanting to do anything on social media. I don't want to make an announcement. I don't want to tell anybody I'm in mortgages. You know, you Facebook has your about section. Yeah. LinkedIn has your about section. Instagram, you can advertise. And I would see on their profiles, nothing was ever mentioned that they were 
a loan officer that they worked at XYZ Bank. And I would just scratch my head like, these are your friends and family, like your direct connections. Uh, like you should want to be their first person that they're going to contact for a loan, for a realtor. Take advantage of that. If you're not reminding them, they're not remembering, right? Like so many times as loan officers, we hear it, loan officers hear it all the time that, gee, I, you, you go to a party and they're talking about how they just did a refinance and you're like, wait a minute, what? Why, why didn't you call me? And it's like, oh, I totally forgot that you do mortgages. And so it can't just even just be about putting that post that, I mean, the about section, it's making those posts, putting stuff out there. So what's great to see now, there are loan officers that are coming around and they're embracing it and they're getting more active on social media. There, We still have that, our company, like, you know, how you were just mentioning, we still have the holdouts that, you know, nah, this social media thing's not going to last, you know? Yeah. So. And that's not the case. I, I have a question for you. How how do you deal with the originator that thinks that they should just get business because they post a couple times a week and that should be enough? That is yeah. not the, the interact that, that it, that's all they have to do. I, all the time, or at least once or twice a month, I have an LO call me. Hey, I did what you said, Ian, I made a reel. I spent five hours doing it. Cause I don't know how to like, how you add all that fancy text overlay on the reel. I did it and I got zero leads. So this social media thing you talk about doesn't work. And I'm like, well, how many times did you post? What did you write? What hashtags did you put? What did you write in the captions? Did you select trending audio? Did you did make you the audio action? Right. Did So forth. I go through my punch list. I'm like, you know, you didn't, you only did one of the items. You, it was great that you created the content. You just didn't put the extra steps into it. But when I, when I do these calls, so I, I learned early on years ago, that I don't want to just say, hey, here's here's the plan and have a very big, I like to get very detailed. So I I approach those calls when I do work with one of our loan officers. Here's what you need to do. Here's all the steps. By the way, you're probably not going to get a single thing out of this for the next three months, six months, a year. Directly. It's the indirectly that you should be more focused on. Indirectly. When you're talking to somebody at a, a networking event, the realtor most likely is going home the next day. They're going on your Facebook. They're going on your Instagram. They're going on your LinkedIn and seeing if you exist. Okay. You exist when they find you, then they're going to see gee, how many reviews, how often do you post? Are you active? What do you post? And they're getting a sense like, okay, this is somebody who I want to work with. I connect with them. You know what? And I always say, it doesn't have to be work, 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 post personal stuff, you know, yeah. use the stories post, you know, save the stories for your, I post my kids all the time in my, in my stories. And I have realtors that, you know, that know me and comment all the time. They're so cute. You're, you do so, we spend so much time with them, et cetera, that they form that connection with you. And then when they have an opportunity to redirect business, hopefully yeah. you're, you're who they're reaching out to. And it's that indirect social proofing that is going to get you the business or help you win the business and whatever direct business you get from posts is gravy, you know? Um, and you have to, you have to show the platforms. Like you can't just hop on and use it once or twice. And Instagram is going to be like, Oh my God, Ian, thanks so much for making content. Let's push you out to all the non-followers on the discover page. Like 
you have to build up your reputation, your rank, your credibility. The algorithm needs to see, are you making the minimum amount of posts per month? Are you engaging? Do you reply back in a, in a decent time, et cetera? So I always go into when we have a new LO that wants to jump on board social media. I go through all this and set them up. So um, not to say that they don't still reach out like, hey, you lied. I didn't get yeah. it. But I minimize it. Or when they do call, I'd be like, wait a minute, Sue, calm down. Remember when we met? I gave you the warning. You're going to have to do it for a bit. So, and they're like, okay, yeah, yeah. You did. You did. Right. So I took, and that leads me into the next thing of the um, Mortgage Marketing Club. What is the Mortgage Marketing Club? I've had the yeah. pleasure of being on it. So I yeah. know that I want yeah. our listeners to all know and, and to go on and become a, a member of it. Yep. And still our most watched playback is Sue Meitner. And you did a great job Woo! talking about branding <laughs> yourself. Um, so Mortgage Marketing Club is a Facebook community started for loan officers, realtors, mortgage brokers, um, individuals that are in this industry that act as a marketing assistant. And we post and share best practices, tactics, lead gen strategies at work. Um, you know, I had a thing where I went, it's going out and I was videotaping. I was going to open houses. I was trying a new strategy and I was recording all of it. And we posted that strategy up in the club. And I love it's that. cool because we're helping a lot of newbies in industry or even veterans that, gee, I never thought of doing it with that approach. And we're offering this, you know, there's, there's no sign up for this program. It's, it's just a, let's share. It's a collaborative. Um, a lot of people reach out to me and, and ask me for help. And, you know, I, when I fit them in, you know, I can, I'm more than happy to help, you know, especially now in the industry, it's everybody who's still in it, you know, that we're surviving and thriving coming out of it and whatever I could do to help that that's the premise though of mortgage marketing club, just a collaborative uh, think tank, share best practices for mortgages. And if somebody wanted to become um, a member of that and join, how do, how would they do that? Yep. For nine ninety. No, I'm only kidding. Um, <laughs> go to Facebook and you type in mortgage marketing club. The group will pop up. Just, you know, you have to enter your, you have to let us know if you're in the industry, if you have an NMLS ID, you know, we try not to let spammers in. Um, the other thing, you know, it's a safe environment, I think is what's really good. I there's no that. branding, there's no recruiting allowed, and there's no rate talk. You could ask for like rates, uh, you know, if something like, hey, these are my rates and my way off, but there's no just posting about rates and bragging or, or anything like that. But um, I think, we, and we do a great job of monitoring it. You know, we've had to kick a few people out. I've had people message me, you know, so-and-so is, you know, trying to recruit me. I thought this was- Non-recruiting. Yeah, so um, we, we're strict on that. I, I didn't want it to be that people didn't want to join because they didn't want 20 recruiters in. And so we usually do a good job of screening the accounts and we don't let recruiters <laughs> in. Fixing. A little puppy's like, I want I'm to out. I want her. to yeah. out. I want out. She's okay, a couple out. more. I just need her to be super good for a couple more minutes. Um, and she's being super good. Um, what, who do you admire? Yep. So, uh, it's a great question. Um, I have my, my list, you know, the, I love listening to Alex Hormozy. Um, I just got done listening to his new audible book, uh, $100 million leads. 
Um, I love listening to Simon Sinek. I, I yeah, I, I just, why. yeah. And I, and I, a nerd, like I've listened to it multiple times now. I feel like every year I, I just like to revisit it and listen to it again. You learn uh, something his, different. Yeah. You just, you know what, you hear something that like you didn't catch or something that's more relative now. It's because uh, of what stage in life you are in different yeah. stages of your different things. Absolutely. Um, the other that, you know, I will say that I recently I got introduced to this year, she's in our space. So I'll share hers because it's in the mortgage space. Um, Laura Brandow, and she's with Equity Prime, and she's part of the 2020 Vision for Success platform. And she was my coach this year. Um, I was doing coaching with them this year, and I selected her as my one-on-one coach. And just like total superstar. Like when I listen to these people talking and you hear them on audible or they're on books, they're on Ted talks. She is like right up there and phenomenal and gave me so much information of how I should approach things in total. I've applied so many things that she shared with me. Um, just really admire. I love, and she posts every day. She's so consistent. I love listening to her motivational posts every day. Um, just really like love, love listening to her and really admire her. Yeah. She's awesome. And all those books are awesome. Um, if you had to make a career change, what would it be? I would 100% go into some form of technology slash marketing slash AI. I just think that that is the future. That's where everything's headed. Um, you know, I've gotten in the last three, four months, so big on AI and conversational AI bots. I just think what's coming is unbelievable. It's going to, it's a great time to be in the business because yeah. if you're embracing AI and technology. You're, it's not that you're going to not, it's not that you're not going to survive if you don't have it. It's just, you're not going to be as fast. You're not going to be as sharp. You're not going to be. Um, where you need to be to get to the next level. It's the next level players who are using AI. Yeah. It's just, you know what? I, I always say it's my sidekick, like I, how yeah. I joke around. And because I've gotten to the point now where I've created prompts and through with, with different automation tools that I use, how it's, it's doing tasks for me now. Right. And it's like unbelievable. Whereas in the past, you wanted to grow and scale what you were doing. You had to hire an assistant. I'm paying $20 a month for GPT-4, which I, I think you're crazy if you don't get on the wait list. I agree. I have GPT-4. Yeah. And the integrations and get the plugins, put CapCut in there, put, you know, there's so many plugins and it's like, wow, for 20 bucks a, year, a month or, you know, $60,000 a year, right? Like yeah. the, and the budgets this year, I'm sure you're working with it too our budgets this year got slashed. So this is, it's the, I think this is the new norm though. And it will be the new norm. I believe. Yeah. You have to learn AI. You have to learn prompts. It's going to be, it's going to be great. 2024 is going to be great. Speaking of 2024, what is in the future for Ian? Yeah. So using that as the springboard. So I've, I've been working on a project that, you know, been keeping quiet, been proofing it out, have um, been, I, I built out a social media agency platform called socialnow.io and it's a done for you social media system where going back to it, I know so many people in, in sales positions and influencer positions, they just don't 
either have the ability or the time to do it or both. They don't want to do it. They think they stink at it. So I created a process where we can automate that for you, create the content. It's your, it's your post, your, your information, all the DMs, the comments, everything comes back to you. And it's a done for you system. That's great. And yeah. So we're, we're getting ready to, we, we've kind of like soft launched it. We, we have our subscribers. Uh, we're getting ready to make a splash in 2024. Well, we can't wait to see that. And thank you so much for joining us. You are amazing. I'm so glad that our paths crossed. Yes. There's always a re reason that we are on a panel together. I respect everything that you're doing. And I love you being part of, of my peer group. So thank you so much for being on uh, Your Keys today. Thank you for having me on, Sue. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much. If people, so we know that people can get in touch with you by being at the Mortgage Marketing Club and they will be um, grabbing your, grabbing their keys to get onto Facebook, to get to you. So everyone, thank you for joining. If you have a need for chatting, you know, just comment below and we will get everyone in touch with each other and look forward to the next Grab Your Keys. Have a great day. Thank you, Sue. Thanks.